The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. In his playing days, he was known as the Igniter. Now, he's here to kickstart your Sunday Twins fix. It's the Paul Molitor Show. You, know, you can hit a mistake a long way. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. There's not a lot of guys who can close on balls like that. It was quite a play. Just a dominant start by him. The Paul Molitor Show is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Now, here are the hosts of the Paul Mahler Show, Chris Atterbury and Jack Morris. Well, good morning and welcome to another edition of the Paul Molitor Show. As always, a fun Sunday morning when the Twins put one in the left-hand column on Saturday night. And Paul Molitor and his crew did that yesterday with a hard-fought victory in Cleveland where they're now 4-1 and on the year 2-0 to start this series and this road trip. Good morning, Paul. Hey, good morning. How are we doing? We're doing great, Paul. I'm not as good as you guys. Another good start to your road trip. you got to feel good about uh, Urban on the mound today and a chance to kind of get even with Cleveland and maybe sweeping them at their ballpark. Yeah, you know, it's been a, a really good first couple of g- uh, games here uh, <clears throat> to start out this long trip and, and find a way to win here against a team that's been playing really good baseball. We obviously saw them in our park and how they were swinging it, uh, their pitching, their bullpen, uh, they're, they're, a t- they're a tough team to play against, but we've come out here and we've battled. I, I think that's been the biggest thing is that, you know, we haven't come out and blown them away or anything. We've just had to grind through the games, um, some outstanding relief pitching from our guys, uh, enough starting pitching, and we've gotten some timely hits. So it, it's been enough to get the first two. And now today we're coming back with Irvin, who's coming off a couple of, you know, fairly rough starts in terms of the bar that he has set and and hopefully he has a good day and we can find a way to get out of here with three that would be outstanding i know it's early there paul but uh any idea about uh your your walking wounded there in terms of some of the medical stuff the guys are dealing with we're doing a lot better today um our guys that have missed a little time over the last day or two uh, are all in there in some capacity so we'll see sano we'll see rosario we'll see kepler and uh you know hopefully they're they're feeling well enough to go out and try to help us win I want to ask you about the the rivalry, if there is a rivalry between you guys and Cleveland. Cleveland's obviously at the top of the heap. That's where you guys are trying to get. Uh, We kind of skirted the topic when they were here last week, giving you guys the little brother treatment, Uh, and then you guys go to their place and steal a couple of games. Now, even in the newspapers in Cleveland, they're talking about it in, in both clubhouses a little bit. Do you sense a budding rivalry between these two teams, even just based solely on the fact that they're where you guys want to be? You know, I, I'm not going to overblow that. I, I think that, you know, the first 70 games here of the season, we've, we've kind of been uh, holding our own and, and Cleveland knocking on the door and everyone kind of assuming it's a matter of time before they, they start, you know, piling up more victories. Uh, and, and so it, it potentially has a chance to, to turn into something like that if the season keeps going as it has the first 70 games. I would love to be saying when we play these guys later on that their games are still very significant and, and we're finding a way to fight with these guys all the way through. Paul, I, I want to just take a, a little back seat and go back to uh, the fun day you had on Thursday and uh, talk <laughs> about talk about enduring that day and, and then having to get on a plane to go get ready to play these guys. I mean, it had to be one of the toughest days this team has gone through in a while. You know, to, to end the homestand the way we did, uh, you know, to get blown out and, uh, you know, give up a lot of runs and try to find some way to not, you know, just waste your entire bullpen uh, heading into a, a big series here in Cleveland. It, it was more about navigating once we got behind, you know, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, well, maybe we can 
put up a crooked number somewhere along the way and make it interesting. But as it turned out, that that never unfolded. So, um, you know, we've had we've had probably too many of those games, uh, to say the least, when the differentials have gotten so out of hand that we've just tried to uh, find a way to, to protect us the best way we can going forward. I really want to – what I was referring to, Paul, more than anything, forget the game, is is how, how the guys deal with the five-hour rain delay. I mean, I've been through a lot. You've been through a lot. Yeah. I've never been through one like that. That had to be something different. Well, you know, forgive me for not including that in the response because, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think I've turned the page on that. I, As you know, Jack, we've been around the game for, man, almost four decades here yeah. in some capacity. and. And we've had some long delays and times where you knew that you were going to stay out there as long as you needed to play. Uh, but five hours to start a game, that's you know re- <clears throat> record territory for the Twins, and it does, just doesn't happen very often anywhere. I think the 12 o'clock games you know, give you a chance to, uh, to wait a long time, which we obviously did to get that one underway. And then, unfortunately, you wait that long and you get out there, and, and before the game is you know, 10 minutes old, you're, you're kind of wishing they would have called it about noon. So <laughs> that's just the way it goes. We're going to take our first break. On that note, I do want to get back to not only the way you managed the bullpen that day, but how the bullpen has performed uh, throughout the course of the uh, last week. We'll talk bullpen with Paul Molitor. We'll talk more about the makeup of his club. Jack Morris is here as well, and we're glad to have you with us on a Sunday morning. It's the Paul Molitor Show, and this is your home for Twins Baseball. This is the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's the Paul Molitor Show. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created, legends are made. Paul in downtown Cleveland, Jack Morris here in studio. I'm Chris Atterbury, and uh, Paul, we went back to that final game of the homestand, Turley's very short start, and you know, you've only had nine and two-thirds innings out of your starters, two games in Cleveland. One short start, and we've seen it in, in baseball and with the Twins this year, that can derail a whole week. That can cost relievers their job. You guys managed to get through the next eight innings of that game without burning anybody up, without having to burn anyone to the ground. They were efficient enough to get through it. You were able to spread the workload and keep your bullpen intact. Uh, you had to bring up some new guys with Turley going down, but but I got to think that was a positive to take out of that was the fact that you were able to spread that out and not have to have to torch somebody. Well, I, I think the guys that we called upon did a did a fairly good job of uh, you know getting enough outs and minimizing pitches where you know we didn't decimate our our, our bullpen. You know, obviously um, with some moves forthcoming, including Hector's return on Tuesday, we've been able to. You know, played the first two games here with a nine-man bullpen, which I think if a manager had that as, as his disposal all the time would make things a lot easier. But, uh, you know, Boshears, Breslow, both threw 40-plus pitches that day. You know, Busenitz did, did fine, and Maddie got through, uh, you know, I think four or five outs. So we were able to spread it out, and, uh, you know, a couple of guys had to miss a couple of days uh, because of that. But we've been able to protect ourselves fairly well and, and feel pretty good about our bullpen today. You know, obviously Duffy and Rogers the last couple of days, and they're probably long shots to pitch today. But we're still be in pretty good shape, especially if we had a good start from Irvin. Paul, uh, with the bullpen in mind, uh, can you talk a little bit about this week's new acquisitions? Dylan G coming over. Uh, you know, will he will he be in the bullpen here shortly, or is it something that maybe he might get a spot start? Uh, you know, I think he's in the mix for that spot start. Particularly, we need we're going to need one next Saturday in Kansas City with a doubleheader. Um, you know, he just hasn't pitched a ton over the past. Uh, three weeks or so. I think it's been 11 days since he's been in a game, which was, I think, a three-inning outing. You know, we didn't know if we were going to need him for a longer stint here the first couple days in Cleveland, today, tomorrow, um, and and we'll just see where it goes. He's a guy with some experience. Most of it's been as a starter in the big leagues. 
and uh, you know he's just kind of insurance for us right now until we see uh, how his his role gets more determined. And then uh, you know bringing up Hildenberger, um, it's it's another one of those really good stories. A guy you know kind of figures out how to pitch once he changes his arm angle, and he he's worked his way through our system. We got a glimpse of him the other night, and uh, it was good to see him throw it over and use his off-speed pitches to get through a clean ninth inning. Uh, let's go back to yesterday's game, Paul. Uh, your your veteran players seem to really come through against a guy that was at the best of his game. Uh, Corey Kluber pitched really a good game. Uh, got him a little bit of a break in the first inning, gets a couple runs. But Brian Dozier's big home run late in the game. Uh, Jimenez, a guy who's been around. And then, of course, Joe Maurer having a, a classic Joe game against a guy that uh, is pitching so well. Can you mm-hmm. explain why uh, Joe is done so well against some of the better pitchers in the game and uh you know dozier going up there probably looking for a pitch and gets it and doesn't miss it well i i think that uh our veterans did respond yesterday <clears throat> it was one of those games where we scored those two early we probably should have scored three uh, and you just know that in the back of your mind after after having shut out cleveland the night before that they're very capable of an uprising at any particular time but um, we got big performances from the guys who have been around. I, I think for a guy like Joe, um, he's not concerned about the name on the back of the jersey who's uh, for the guy who's pitching for the other team. I think some of our guys still get a little intimidated by some of the bigger names and situations and ballparks and all those type of things. You know, for Joe, it's just another day at work, and, it, and he's going to go about it the same way whether he's facing Kluber or whoever else might be out there. He's going to try to – battle and see pitches and, and hopefully trust that he can put a good swing on it if he gets a mistake and he did a really nice job of, of, of doing that yesterday with the walk and the and the base hit and the double off the wall it was a really good day and Dozier you know he's just one of those guys that you're anytime you throw a fastball it's 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 dangerous yeah and, and I think that he the guy was trying to go away from him there a little bit and end up sailing up and in and and we've all seen brian hit that pitch many times but to respond after the misplay that allowed them to tie the game and and put another run right back on the board with the homer uh you know big key components for us being able to win that game now well said that's paul molitor jack morris here in studio we're back with more on the paul molitor show in a moment this is your home for twins baseball this is chris atterbury and you're listening to the paul molitor show on go 96.3 Welcome back to the Paul Molitor Show. Twins taking on the Tribe today. Just after 11, it's going to be Inside Twins. We believe Derek Falvey will be the guest uh, with Corey Probus. That's always subject to change. After that, our pregame lineup card. And then we've got first pitch, Irvin Santana against Josh Tomlin. Twins bidding for a sweep in Cleveland. And, Paul, we talked a lot about uh, the bullpen and, and how well they performed this week. And you've kind of got into that comfortable bridge. Tyler Duffy pitching as efficiently and well as he has all year long. Taylor Rogers doing his thing and of course, Kinsler at the end. Uh, you've seen uh, now Duffy and Rogers consecutive days. Uh, let's put a hypothetical out there. You've got a one-run lead or a tie game, two-run lead, seventh inning. Uh, Irvin spent. Uh, how do you build your bridge today? Are those guys available, or do you have to find other ways to do it? Uh, I think there's a good chance that we'll have to find someone else. You know, every once in a while you get a little bit of a, a good news report as the relievers go out here early and get their work in and they play cats and, and someone might tell you unexpectedly that they, they think they can go, maybe get you a couple outs at, at the very least. So um, if that doesn't happen, then we're going to have to kind of look at matchups and, and, and use some other people to uh, maybe get those outs between whenever 
whenever Urban needs to come out of the game before we can get to Kinsler. You know, we have some guys that can get those outs. You know, Belial's got them at times, and Boshears, I think, has been throwing the ball really well. And you never know. You might have to use one of your young guys like Lucenitz, too. So we'll just have to see how it plays out. Maybe there's a situation, Paul, that the manager sees pitch count uh, outstanding for Irvin and he spends another complete game. He's done that a few times in a shutout. Uh, hopefully he can do that today. But well, that'd break my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Especially heading into Boston for four. Yeah, that's right. I, I want to ask you about the makeup of your team. Uh, I've been trying to figure out the right word for it, and I don't know what it is. Personality, yeah, every team has a personality as a group, and it's not always the same as the individual personalities of the guys in the room. This is a group that can take a punch. They get back up. They swing back. They don't seem too intimidated by anything. They don't seem ever afraid of anything. And uh, and yet it's always such a weird uh, a weird vagueness to, to how a team takes on a personality not just adding up all the individuals in the room. How would you describe the personality of this club? Because it's definitely got a different feel to it, a different edge to it than last year's. Uh, every team is going to be different. Uh, this has a, a, a just a different, fun, uh, very feisty yeah. vibe to it. You know, I guess a couple of reactions. The, the adjectives are, you know, that there's many that you could try to use. I, I think it changes throughout the course of the year. But I think in general terms, you know, these guys, uh, they're very confident, um, they're very uh, unselfish. They're, there's a lot of there's a big support system that goes on in there. Whether you're playing well or having a tough time, there's someone there who's got your back. And uh, I, I think we've been fairly gritty. I, I think that you know maybe not the best team on the field on a given day, depending on how we're pitching. But um, they they don't seem to mind being a little bit of an underdog and going out there and trying to find ways to get it done. Uh, you got to be a little careful about, you know, labeling what type of team you are. You know, if these first couple games in Cleveland had gone conversely, you know, the talk would begin about, you know, this team's not ready and all those type of things. So it, it can change, but I do know that being around these guys, they have a lot of fun with each other. Um, Post game, you know, after every win, we have a little powwow where game balls are given out, and you know, guys that have stepped up get duly noted. So that, you know, all those things build, build. Uh, um, you know, that chemistry that you're looking for to go out there and have a chance to win. Paul, can you can you infuse a team with those types of characteristics, or is it just the makeup of the individuals in the room? I mean, because a lot of the things you said, you know, those are attributes you have, a lot of your coaches have, but yeah. uh, it's, it's a lot more difficult than just the coach – or a sure. manager telling a clubhouse they want them to be a certain way. You know, there's obviously obviously some influence um, that is provided by leadership, whether it's my coaches or what we try to do and how we go about, uh, you know, everything from spring training to our day-to-day uh, uh, routine. And, uh, you know, we try to provide, you know, something that's fairly consistent and yet still very impassioned about competing. And I, I think that might be a part of it. But a lot of it comes uh, – from players to players. You know, we talk about the horizontal leadership and the criticalness in today's game, uh, especially with the millennials and how they respond to each other. And, and I think these guys are, are doing that. We, we, we made a you know, concerted effort to try to find some people with high-end character to bring in, um, and, and they've provided, you know, a, a big part of what's going on out in that clubhouse. You know, your, your Belial's and and uh, Breslow's and Jimenez's and, and, and people like that that have, that have really made a difference in, in not only their day-to-day 
professionalism, their attitude about trying to compete, but I, I think they're the guys that have the right things to say at the right time. Paul, at the end of the day, is there anything more important to build character than a good old-fashioned W? No, you know, it's, you know, they've, the debate about winning in chemistry and chemistry and winning has been on, ongoing forever. Um, when you win, you feel better, and I think that's just something we've been able to do from the start here. Again, you know, you go back to how we began the season, and, um, you know, a lot of it, especially with young players, is, is determined by go, being able to go out there and win games. All right. That, uh, hopefully what the Twins are going to do this afternoon. We'll take a break. We'll come back for our final segment. It's the Paul Molitor Show, and this is your home for Twins Baseball. It's the Paul Molitor Show. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota, how memories are created and legends are made. Twins trying to finish off a sweep in Cleveland, Urban Santana for Minnesota, and it's Josh Tomlin for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, you've seen Bauer, and you made an adjustment, obviously, from the last time you saw Bauer. Yesterday it was Kluber, and he had the great line. What would you say, eight eight strikeouts for Kluber, five for Vanover? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. That was just something that came out. Um, I, I haven't had a chance to go back and look at all the strikeouts. To be honest with you, I, I think some of those pitches were you know, really good pitches, and that's what Kluber can do. But, um, you know, I, I – what I what I noted, you know, they put the strikeouts up on the board here, and they, you know, a forward K for a swing and a backward K for a take on a strike three, and we had eight taken third strikes in a row. Mm-hmm. I I just don't know if I've seen that, and then, uh, you know, I I think the you know the longer game went, the you know Kluber knew what he was getting, and he was throwing that backdoor cutter to the uh, to you know the lefties, and they was throwing the front door two seamer. I mean, he had it all working. There's no doubt about that. But when a guy pitches that like that and has a reputation, you're probably going to get a, get a few calls along the way. Well, Paul, that's the never-ending uh, point of view between a former hitter and a former pitcher. <laughs> and uh, you know, I give Kluber credit for understanding the zone that the that the umpire has. And no doubt, you know, you know my theory. If it's you know, thrown towards home, it should be called a strike. So, yeah. you know, it's a, it's one of those deals. Talk a little bit about Tomlinson. Tomlinson. He's got a uh, – Josh Tomlin, he's got a, um, you know, a, a record against the Twins. He's had the good games. He's a guy that throws a lot of off-speed pitches. Is that going to be anything you're overly concerned about, or are you just uh, thinking the guys are going to start stepping it up? Well, his seasonal numbers aren't great, but I know he's been pitching better as of late. Uh, he's not going to – uh, overpower you with velocity, but he does get his fair share of strikeouts, and I, I think part of it is his, you know, when he when he can locate his uh, two seamer, he he's got a nice little cutter that keeps guys from getting overly aggressive. If you try to do too much, you're going to hit it off the end of the bat or get jammed if you're a left-handed hitter. And he, of course, the change up to the lefties comes into play. But he's a he, he's a mix mix it up kind of guy. You'll you'll see him throw any pitch in any count and. You know, we talk about a lot, but I, I think hitters, when you face these kind of guys, you you can't get greedy. You've got to really yeah. try to barrel the ball up and take your hits. And if he makes a mistake, maybe someone gets a hold of one. But, you know, he's going to try to fall you in that trap of trying to overswing. And hopefully, he'll you know, for us, we, we, we can avoid that. Now, we've seen you guys execute that game plan going the other way in the past week, in particular uh, a couple of those White Sox games. You know, of late, Andrew Miller's been mostly pitching the ninth inning. Terry had felt he'd overused him a little bit in the Dodgers series prior to coming to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I'm sure with all the lefties in your lineup that that just breaks your heart not to see uh, Miller warming up in the sixth or the seventh of a close game. Well, you know, you check uh, their bullpen usage coming into the series, and Miller had a pretty heavy workload as of late. I, I thought that the first day was fairly unlikely. 
uh, yesterday was a was a possibility. But you know, when you when you're ahead, it it, it kind of helps with some of those things. You know, so um, given the chance, I'm sure you know Tito will be love to have him in there either to try to keep a game close or protect the lead or whatever. And hopefully, if we can avoid seeing Mr. Miller in the game, that's obviously a good sign for us. Paul, you got any indication in your lineup yet? Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to play the guys that have been out. Uh, you know, Do- just real quickly, Dozier's going to lead off. Joe's uh, going to play first, and O's going to DH. Kepler is back in there and right. Esco's going to play third. Rosie in left, and Polanco at short. Castro's going to catch again, and Byron will play center field. And he's done a great job out there. So that gives me Jimenez, Grossman, and Vargas on the bench today. Do your pitchers even look back when there's two outs and the ball's hit to center? They just walk <laughs> into the dugout. <laughs> I don't think they want to miss the entertainment of, of what kind of catch it might be. Uh, you know, yesterday the play when he went back and had to make a late adjustment uh, against the wall, that was, that was beautiful. And then, of course, to close on that ball the way he did to end the game. It's just one of those things that he can do for your defense. I think our pitchers really notice the difference when he's out there. No, that's a perfect way to close our show as well. Paul, good luck today. We're sending Jack out to meet you in Boston, so you're in charge of him in uh, in Boston, okay? Okay, guys. Have a good Sunday, Jack. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, Paul. Thanks. Okay, see you guys. That's Paul Molitor. This is the Paul Molitor Show. And, Jack, we got about uh, 30 seconds. Uh, big game today. I, yeah. I think it's a big game today. Well, a sweep's different than two out of three. And I'm feeling, based on what the guys are saying in that Cleveland clubhouse, Paul doesn't want to get into it, but those, there's a little bit of an edge now. Uh, the the tribe and the twins, the tribe may be seeing this a little differently than twins are. Well, my my response to that is what took them so long. Yeah. You play 19 games against the same team, you should start having some rivalries. And, and that's good for the game. Yeah, I think it's great for the game. I think both teams fighting for first place, you know, back and forth. Uh, it'd be nice to sweep them in their home park the way they did in ours. All right, safe travels to you. It's the Paul Molitor Show on your home for Twins Baseball.